Welcome to the Valley Biz Buzz, brought to you by the West Valley Warner Center Chamber of Commerce. I'm Diana Williams, the CEO of the West Valley Warner Center Chamber of Commerce and the producer and creator of Valley Biz Buzz podcast and video. We have two wonderful guests today, and we have a special show with a guest host, our past president. Actually, he's been a part of our leadership team for this Chamber of Commerce since 2010. It is my pleasure to introduce to you Donald Weissman. Gentlemen, I'm going to join the audience. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, Diana. Welcome all. Our uh, special guest today is uh, Steve Fazio, Fazio Cleaners. Steve, welcome. Thank you very much. Normally, I would uh, do a a bio uh, introduction of the guest, but I'd like you to uh, kind of introduce yourself, give us some of your background. Sure, I guess. Um, Well, third generation Fazio Cleaners, been around since 1947. Um, I bought the company from my dad and my uncle in 1990 after having worked for them for 12 years. Um, We were part of another group of non-family members for many years, and we kind of went our own separate ways in a very, very friendly manner. Um, So we've got uh, several locations in the general area and a couple in Summerlin, Nevada. And um, happy to happy to chat about the state of what's going on in the industry, if you will. And so far as uh, the COVID years, <laughs> which we all hope will be in the rearview mirror sooner versus later. Um, and whatever else uh, anyone we may want to talk about in so far as uh, the dry cleaning and laundry industry. Well, <clears throat> we're certainly going to spend some time talking about that. I do have a question for you, though. I understand that you were a, a LAPD reserve officer for some period of time. Yeah, I've entered my 40th year this year. Can you believe that? It's so crazy when I look at myself in these podcasts with gray hair, you know. Um, but yeah, since uh, um, my my academy date was 1081. So here we are in 2021. Uh, so uh, it's a lot of hash marks. You know, every five years you get another hash mark. Uh, so I'm about ready to sew on my eighth one. Crazy. Um, but I have enjoyed doing community service since I'm, you know, a young guy. And now I'm an old guy still doing it. I'm currently working robbery homicide division, which is very interesting, prior to which I, for the most part, worked the field over the last 39 of the last 40 years, um, handling radio calls, calls for service, you know, people that dial 911 and people show up. I'm one of the people that show up with my partner, um, and uh, it's been very gratifying. I have thoroughly enjoyed it, and it's been a tremendous honor, really, to be able to serve the public in that way. I was also on the fire commission for a few years, and I absolutely adored that as well. So community service is kind of in my blood, um, and uh, the dry cleaning industry has allowed for me to pay the rent and be able to do my community service um, in, in a manner where I can escape uh, the office a little bit and go out there once a week or so and uh, do something for the larger community. Well, your, your family running the business for generations before uh, you took over, uh, seems that there's a, a business platform or business model already in place. When you took control of the reins, did you change the platform or model at all? You know, I kind of grew up at the uh, at, at the heels of my dad, who was a great guy um, and was a real artisan. I don't feel as though I'm an artisan, but my dad really was. If there is such a thing in an industry as mundane, you know, and kind of a little bit low tech, boring as dry cleaning, right? Um, but there is there's some skills that uh, you you acquire or create yourself over time 
and my dad really was, you know, really was the artisan. So I grew up at his feet and he trained me and passed along what he could. But I, I, I did it a little differently. You know, my dad was old school, rest his soul. You know, he was the guy that was up at 5 a.m. and came home at 6, you know, had dinner, watched, uh, watched the news and then went to bed. And that was his six day a week routine. You know, incredible guy as was the case for, I guess, you know, many in that generation. And, um, you know, I kind of thought about it, the industry and the business as I grew up uh, that I wanted to do it differently. I wanted to delegate a bit more than the way in which my dad did. Uh, he called himself a, a benevolent dictator, you know, um, and uh, I kind of thought about it in terms of growing the company beyond where my dad left off uh, with management. Uh, I went back to school uh, when I was 30 for an MBA because it became clear to me that I'm now responsible for responsible for my mom and dad's retirement. I think I woke up at about 2 a.m. in a panic. I better not goof this up. Uh, so I went back for an MBA and I kind of got the school bug. I was a horrible student younger, you know, but it was funny what happened when I did my MBA by refinancing my house to pay the tuition. I became a very good student all of a sudden. Um, and um, I did well and I enjoyed that at Pepperdine. And, and then I went on actually to do a doctorate at Pepperdine, which I very much enjoyed as well. I did that on uh, leadership and family businesses. Um, and so I've sort of delegated authority into the system and allowed for my managers to learn what they, you know, what, what they need to learn over the years. And I have a very dedicated management group who I adore. We're like family, really. We run it like a family business, even though no longer is it a family business. Um, and, um, you know, I'm just close to them and they do a great job. And uh, I try to set the goals and, and deal with the forecasting and the strategy and deal with the um, deal with the compensation packages and they, they, they execute and they're amazing. You, uh, you ran for public office a few years ago, I believe was state Senator uh, for uh, the West Valley district. Uh, did this experience uh, change your view of business or your business model at all? It didn't change my business model. Uh, it, it didn't really change my view. It's it sort of, um, what would you say? I'm not sure how to characterize it. I Firstly, I think it's important. Uh, the Senate districts are a million people. So the district I ran in, which is now, uh, which this, our state senator was Fran Pavley. It was an open seat. Now Henry Stern is our state senator. Henry and I are close friends, by the way. Uh, we ran on different sides of the aisle, but um, it wasn't as much that separated you know, us as one might think. I really ran because I'm a small businessman, because I love law enforcement, have been a policeman for 40 years now, um, and fire commissioner and educator. Uh, I also taught at Pepperdine. Those are really the reasons and the motivation that I ran. So I ran on a platform of small business. I ran on a platform of education and I ran on a platform of public safety. Um, and really those are nonpartisan issues. Um, like most folks in California, I'm a social liberal and a fiscal conservative. You know, the social issues, I line up pretty well with most people in California. Uh, I'm not a, a right winger. Um, I just am a little bit center right. And um, it, it was a really interesting experience. And what I found mostly was that California, you know, Sacramento, I mean, it's a stronghold with regard to you got to raise money to win. And basically the money pours in pretty well. Uh, for one side of the aisle more than it does the other. And it's, it's kind of a tough road to hoe. But like I said, my wife was a very big part of the race, Nicole. And we actually thoroughly enjoyed meeting people in the district. We both grew up here. We both have families here. We raised our kids here. Um, the district goes from Malibu to Magic Mountain and then Malibu on the other artery all the way almost to Camarillo and then back through 
Thousand Oaks, Newberry Park, Westlake, Simi Valley, the San Fernando Valley from Reseda on west and down into Valencia. So it's really kind of like, you know, where, where I've called home my whole life. And uh, so it was really fun. I, I, I caught up with a lot of older friends as a result of running. And I met a tremendous amount of wonderful people when I ran and made some great friends on both sides of the aisle. It was really very, it was very much less partisan than one might have thought. Um, it, it really was not contentious at all. Um, I ran, you know, against folks that I'm friendly with each and every one of them. Um, and it was really, it was a lot of fun. I would have liked to have won, but I didn't, which is probably better off for my mental health in California. Um, <laughs> but, um, but it is what it was. It was a chapter in my life that I will cherish. Okay. Uh, moving on to more recent times. Um, quick question. Was uh, dry cleaning business uh, considered an essential business in uh, time of the pandemic? It is. It was. It always has been. You know, we kill, we kill viruses and bacteria through our process. Um, we use in our laundry side, laundry side, you know, very hot water uh, that ensures that we kill whatever bacteria may be, you know, in people's garments. Um, and our people have been troopers. You know, it's very interesting how certain industries have been now allowed, you know, starting today, actually March 1st, to go ahead and take the vaccine. But here my, my folks have been there on the front line since day one handling clothes and dealing with our customers and uh, we are an essential service and we haven't missed a beat. Um, and yet somehow or another, some of the some of the businesses that I see that are, quote, essential, you know, uh, industries uh, versus my own have have me miffed a little bit. Um, but we are out there, you know, Monday through Saturday, um, all kinds of hours within each of our locations doing our part. Um, we set up at the uh, downtown at the Emergency Operations Center. Uh, to do police officer and firefighters garments um, at the beginning of this. We basically did it below our cost um, just to be good, you know, good uh, corporate citizens. Um, when things kind of slowed down a little bit with regard to what was going on there, we curtailed that particular activity, but we were there for a good five or six months. Um, we've offered to do clothes for the homeless and other things. Um, so doing our part, you know, uh, you know, we, we live in the community. I live, you know, in the West Valley and grew up and went to El Camino and uh, went to Pepperdine, as I said, and went to Monroe High School. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm you know, my mom lives in Woodland Hills. My uncle lives in Westlake. Uh, my other uncle lives in Simi Valley. My kids live in the area. So, you know, I'm part of the community and uh, we want to do what we need to do and what we can do uh, in, that, in a time of need. And, and we do that in, during fires or whatever we can do you know, um, we, we've always tried to be good corporate citizens. Uh, you and I are going to have to have another conversation another time because I too am a Viking. Ah, um, 1978. <laughs> a little bit, a little before you, I won't tell you how much before. All right. All right. Um, did you find that, uh, the habits of your customers, uh, changed because of the uh, pandemic? Yeah. Yeah. My joke to friends is that, uh, all my customers are wearing pajamas all day long. Um, you know, so it's been very, very tough on my industry, you know, from coast to coast and everywhere in between and uh, very tough out here, as you can imagine, in, in the L.A. region, you know, because we're we've been shut down maybe more than other regions in the country. Um, so, yeah, extraordinarily difficult. We've had to lay off some some uh, some uh, employees, as I suggested, they're kind of like family members and they have to do that with folks that have been with us for 15, 20, 25 years is is heartbreaking, but I'd rather see them collect unemployment than, than cut their hours all the way down. It was better for them, you know. Um, but I think a lot of them now have, you know, 
have moved, you know, so these are people that we may not see back in our company. And it's, uh, it's very, very hard on, on me emotionally and my staff emotionally to know that people that have worked hard for us for all these years are not people that may come back. You know, we're still waiting it out. Uh, we're hoping that things will come back, you know, by the time some of the vaccines uh, take hold, you know, middle, middle or third quarter of the year. Um, what kind of feedback did you receive from your customers during the pandemic uh, regarding uh, your operations? You know, it's uh, it's kind of sad, you know, because a lot of our customers, we develop relationships, uh, you know, as you do in your practice, uh, as Diane does in the chamber. I mean, it's it's a life, you know, where you make uh, friendships with people. And, and so they feel the fact that they're giving you two pieces a week versus 10 or 12, you know, and our drivers are still out there every day. And the drivers, you know, go to someone's home and they almost kind of like get the homeowner saying, we're really sorry. We only have a couple pieces for you. We feel bad. We know that you're probably struggling, but we just don't have anything, you know, to give you. And so uh, it, it's been tough, you know, on everybody, you know, I'm hoping we'll be able to continue to persevere and uh, that we'll be able to, again, turn the page on this uh, sooner versus later. But, but we also know that there's going to be a percentage of our customers, you know, that are professional service providers that may end up having to curtail some of their office time, or maybe they're going to reduce their footprint in their office structures uh, to save a few dollars for a while. And we may not see things come back for a while. And uh, we're just going to have to do the best we can to continue to play through it and adjust our strategy based on, you know, based on what we're, what we're experiencing. Did you, um, uh, provide any additional services over the past several months in hopes of uh, either uh, having uh, customers return or promoting, uh, uh, soliciting new business? You know, we, we've banged our heads against the wall trying to figure out what more it is that we could provide that other people are not already providing. You know, we did at this outset make some masks. You know, our tailors were, you know, more than happy to do that. But you, you can't make them in any number when you just have one tailor, two tailors per premise. You know, um, so yeah, it didn't really go anywhere. It was it was something that we were doing to try and help out. Some people had asked that some sewers had material and they asked us if we could do some things for them. And we did some things for them. But, you know, PPP, you know, we really haven't able to been able to find a new niche within which we can really take, quote, advantage. Not that we would want to do it in a in a inappropriate way, but we haven't really been able to figure out how to adjust our strategy and our locations to do anything beyond what we had been doing. Um, I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> well, you, you offer, you have drivers, so you have pickup at people's homes and do you offer um, curbside service as well? Yeah, I mean, anybody that toots their horn or calls us in advance, we run out to the car and uh, grab, you know, grab a bag or they can drop it off. And we try to make it as always have, you know, we have customers that are not able-bodied and they'll call us a lot of times and say, we're just about to pull up and we'll run out and grab their, grab their garment. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll do whatever it takes. I mean, our, our pickup and delivery constitutes a pretty good percentage of our, um, of our business. Um, so our drivers are, you know, in people's homes all the time. A lot of them have dry, uh, keys to people's uh, homes and, and, and different methods by which people prefer to use us to hand off the clothes to us. So um, that's really where we see, you know, sort of the ability to have people uh, less less inconvenienced, I'll say, you know, to to utilize the service. Uh, were you, <clears throat> excuse me, was Fazio uh, Cleaners able to uh, secure any PPP funding? 
Yes, thankfully we were, and that was extraordinarily helpful in uh, both the first as well as now this second round. You know, so it, it's kind of a funny feeling if you're a business owner because it's a finite amount of money, obviously, inappropriately. Um, you know, so you're kind of like, okay, so now we have this, you know, th this little bit of extra money, uh, and it can go towards payroll, which is a godsend, and it can go, you know, towards um, our property owners who have been, you know, for the most part, very cooperative um, and, and utilities and, and some of the essential things that we have to do to remain in business. But, you know, like with each time that you have to, you know, dole out that money that there's less of it. And it's, you know, it's like about a three month interval and you're kind of holding your breath throughout the three months that something will change from a revenue standpoint. So that when that sort of money has now been used up, you know, you're, you're not in the same place that you were before you received the money. It's just a, it's a very daunting place to be, you know, as a small business person in my industry, you know, trying to hang on and, and trying to work with your property owners and, you know, pay some percentage of your rent and know that some of it will be deferred and God willing, some of it will be forgiven. And, you know, trying to just play through the whole thing is just, you're playing like this multi uh, variant chess game, you know, where you're, you're trying your best to just hang on to everything. And after being in the business for 43 years, you know, I didn't think I'd ever be in this position at this point in my life, but here I am. So you got to do the best you can, right? Yeah. You do the best you can. You know, um, <clears throat> as I'm sure you know, our uh, Chamber of Commerce uh, joins uh, coalitions and writes letters and uh, tries to put some influence or pressures on uh, legislatures uh, to to voice a concern for small businesses and the funding that's needed for, for businesses. Just curious if you've personally reached out to any of the local officials or elected officials regarding uh, the funding needs or the, uh, the impact the pandemic has had on your business and small businesses in general. We have, and I've got to say both Brad Sherman and, and Bob Hertzberg, I, I can't say enough good things about the two of them. Um, they return phone calls. They return emails. They they give you information the best they can. You know, a lot of times there's not a whole lot they can do, <clears throat> but the fact that you can pick up your phone and talk to a state legislator or talk to a uh, United States congressional member to just say, hey, I'm out here. I'm struggling. Is there something you're doing back there? And to know at least that, you know, the the uh, the, the inquiry is is being listened to and there's a sympathetic ear Bob's been amazing. I, I just have to say, Bob Hertzberg, I can't say enough good things. Um, and and Brad Sherman's been really terrific. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not from the same political party, and they know that, and I know that, but I, I, I adore the two of them as people. Uh, I think there's a mutual admiration that they have for me as well, because they know that I'm a reasonable human being. And uh, they've been great. They've really been great. I, I just want to give them uh, props for the fact that they do respond. And um, I, I couldn't be more thankful for the fact that the two of them in particular, I have to single them out. Because really what we're talking about here is a state issue, more so than, you know, a city issue. Um, I know Bob Blumenfeld as well, but, you know, there's, most of what's happened has not really been city related. It's been, you got to deal with the state legislature, you've got to deal with the um, uh, with, with the U.S., you know, uh, congressional member, and, and they've been wonderful. Um, Catherine Barger's also been responsive when I've had to reach out a couple times to her to ask a question. So those have been the three touch points that I've had, if you will. Um, you know, they've been helpful, and again, at least lending a sympathetic ear at times, if nothing else. Okay. Um, I'm just curious, are you interested in running for public office again? 
you know, that was kind of a one and done. You know, it was an open seat. And uh, I thought that there was an opportunity there to make a difference. It, there was no ego involved. Saying that you're a state senator is sort of a funny thing, because I promise you, if you ask 10 people, eight of them won't even know who their state, you know, uh, assembly member is or their state senator. They may even not know who their congressional member is or their or their supervisor. So it, it was just an effort on my behalf, having grown up in the area and raised a family in the area and been in business in the area and police the area. It was an effort to try and pay back, give back and do something. Um, and also to have a different voice in the choir. Um, you know, my joke in the campaign trail was that we have a state legislature filled with, let's just say, French horns. And I like French horns. It's one of my favorite instruments. But I don't know that we need 120 French horns. I thought maybe it'd be nice to have maybe, you know, a pianist, you know, or a guitarist in there. You know, just somebody that's actually grown up in business, that actually has worn a uniform, um, that's been involved with local schools, that has taught in local schools. I was a faculty member at Pepperdine. Yeah, I, I just think I brought a different a different set of experiences because since uh, since term limits, which I was in favor of at the time, what we've really seen is sort of a churning of staffers that then take their boss's job when the boss is termed out. Um, and so God love them, we need staffers. Um, but we also need people that have actually, you know, signed the front of a paycheck and have to have actually uh, signed a personal guarantee on a loan and had to sign, you know, a, a lease for a business and had employees and have worked within the realm of having to actually uh, operate within the context of, you know, business and, and law enforcement. And we don't really have that if you look at the state legislature. And I, I'm not trying to slam them. I'm just saying that I thought that I might bring a little different voice to the choir. And that was really my motivation. And listen, it didn't work out. We have Henry Stern. Henry's a friend. I went to his wedding. We talked from time to time. He's been to the house for dinner. I like him very much. He's very, very smart, you know, but his focus is, you know, on, on a different set of issues than what my focus would have been. And that's probably true for most of those in the you know, elected office these days. So it, it's not intended to be a slam. It really is not as much as I thought that it would be nice to have some diversity of thought. Um, and, and I don't know that we really have that if you look at the elected officials um, in this region, at least. Okay, last question I have for you, Steve. Um, for our viewers that, uh, that tune in, uh, is Fazio Cleaners offering any coupons or discounts for anybody who says that they listen to this particular broadcast? No question about it. Uh, if you go online to FazioCleaners.com, you'll see that there's a discount for you waiting. We we could use the business, not that you owe me anything, um, but uh, we, we could use the help. <laughs> um, so if you go to the restaurant, spill a mm. little stuff on yourself. <laughs> Monty's has also been great, by the way. I'm thrilled the fact that they're reopened again. Michael over there is a friend and been great. And, but uh, yeah, we, we could use the help and uh, you go online and get a coupon and come in and we're more than happy to work with you. And if you're on, if you're on, you know, downtimes or having a problem, uh, we're we're real sympathetic to that as well. And particularly for our first responders and our folks in uh, the medical community, we want to make sure to thank all of them. Well, before we sign off, is there anything you want to add? No, I appreciate the opportunity. It's nice to meet you, Donald, and uh, I appreciate the what the chamber's doing for us. So thanks very much. I'm glad you're out there. Thank you, Steve. Our guest this afternoon. Uh, has been Steve Fazio of Fazio Cleaners, and thank you very much for your, your comments, your input, and your time. It's truly appreciated. My honor.